Welcome to Our Health LA by the Community Clinic Association of LA County. This is a podcast developed to share and spread innovative practices within community health. Our broadcast originates from a philosophy of ensuring that data-driven and evidence-based policy and practices are at the core of our services. We want to highlight you, the experts who provide holistic care to diverse Angelenos. Our first episode highlights the work of Serene Pagosian, our health equity manager at CCALAC. She recently wrote the report, Swimming Upstream, LA Health Center Efforts to Address the Social Determinants of Health. This is available in CCALAC's website resource page. Welcome, Serene. Glad to have you with us today. Um, just to get things started off, tell us about the social determinants of health. For those unfamiliar with them, what are they and why are they important? Thank you for having me. Um, and thank you for bringing a light to this very important topic. For those unfamiliar with SDOH, um, the social determinants of health are the conditions in which people are born, grow, live, work, and age. These conditions have an impeding influence on an individual's health and more importantly, their access to health. Research shows that clinical care only accounts for about 20% of health outcomes while the remaining 80% is attributed to health behaviors, social factors, economic factors, and physical environment. That's to say that one's zip code may have a greater influence on their health outcomes than their genetic code. So in thinking about the social determinants of health and community health centers and the safety net, these are things that are absolutely impacting the patients that they serve, given that community health centers are located in the zip codes that probably have the most determinants impacting community health. Can you tell us a little bit of the background of this report, why it was developed, and what the impetus was? So in an effort to develop a framework that would foster conversations and interventions around social determinants of health, here at CCALAC, we decided that it would be important to conduct this SDOH needs assessment as a way to understand the landscape. The objective of conducting this needs assessment was really to help provide the tools and the guidance and the resources that are necessary to assist our members in their pursuits of addressing their patients' health-related social needs. Unfortunately, what often happens on a policy and on a systems level is that discussion and decisions are sometimes made without the community voice. And um, that's really where we as community clinics come in because uh, we're the ones who are directly providing these services. We are the ones who know the population in and out, and we're the ones who are most impacted by the decisions that are made without the community clinics at the table. So the bigger picture and the, the motive really behind this report was really to show what clinics are currently doing around SDOH, what they would like to do around SDOH, but more importantly, what support they need to do this critical work. So in terms of what the clinics are doing around social determinants of health, um, there's screening, there's referral, there's how they use the data, and how they work with other community partners. Can you walk us through the report and what you learned about the safety net's engagement in social determinants? Now, with so many domains of social determinants of health, 
we wanted to know which domains are most important to our clinics and where the top areas of interest lie. So we found that 74% of clinics ranked housing instability as their top area of interest, while 65% ranked food insecurity as their second, and 49% ranked non-emergency medical transportation as their third. Uh, the report also assessed uh, the use of SDOA screening tools, and we found that 60% of respondents are screening their patients for SDOH in one way or another. But the remaining 40% who are not screening need additional resources to get these initiatives off the ground. Now, we've heard anecdotally that the reason they're not screening for SDOH is not because they aren't aware of the issue, but it's rather that they don't have the resources in place to refer patients to solutions. So from their perspective, it's like, why would a data-driven health center collect this data on their patient population, already knowing what the issues are, if they don't have a solution that they can point their patients towards? That's why we think it's important to drive home the message that as a community clinic, you don't need to do it all. You don't have to reinvent the wheel here. The size, the capacity, and the need across our membership varies vastly. So being able to partner with community-based organizations who do things like housing navigation, who are the ones who can provide transportation, allows clinics to refer their patients out for these services just like they would with a referral to specialty care. So instead of referring a patient to another specialist, you refer them out to a food pantry or to an organization who helps with eviction prevention or to those who provide legal assistance to low-income individuals pro bono. There are so many mission-driven organizations who are set out to help the same patients we see in our clinics. So the more we get these organizations out of their respective silos and acquainted and talking and collaborating with one another, the faster and the further we can move the needle on health equity. So some folks do have partnerships in place and do have actually robust programs around certain social determinants of health. What did the report tell us about innovative practices that folks might be doing here in Los Angeles? The report really showed that there are some clinics who are leading the way in these innovative practices and a lot of interest from other clinics who really want to get started on these innovative practices. And again, there's so many clinics who are doing a lot of incredible work around SDOH and all of them really are innovative in their own way. Um, one that comes to mind is actually Northeast Valley Health Corporation and their commitment to addressing food insecurity in their community. Now, they have been screening patients for SDOH using the PREPARE tool, which was one of the things that we uh, asked for in the report. So for those unfamiliar, the PREPARE tool is the protocol for responding to and assisting patients' assets, risks, and experiences. Now, this data-driven initiative helped Northeast Valley identify a staggering number of patients who screened positive for food insecurity. Now, some of the stories they would hear would be around patients having to choose between paying for their medication or paying for their groceries. They have since partnered with community-based organizations like Food Forward and MEND to organize free produce pop-ups at their sites where all members of the community, not just their patients, can come in and get free, delicious, healthy fruits and healthy vegetables 
and they also provide cooking demonstrations so that people can learn how to cook with produce that might not traditionally be something that's in their kitchen. The implementation of their food pop-ups were incredibly successful. During their first produce swap, they had 740 pounds of donated produce that was claimed in just 30 minutes. Now at their second event, they had 1,500 pounds of produce that disappeared in an hour and a half. Now I know what you're thinking, wow, that's an incredibly large amount of produce, but the sign that went back to Northeast Valley was that, wow, this is a very big area of need. So what is unique about community health centers and the community health center culture that positions them to be successful in addressing the social determinants. We know that there are a number of other partners and other institutions that are looking at these issues now. What do community health centers bring to the table that's unique? This is such a good question because it really does dive into what community clinics are all about and kind of gives a history lesson as well. Um, Community health centers are uniquely positioned to advance health equity in Los Angeles County specifically. Their missions of serving the underserved with a patient-centered approach to care can help move the needle on population health. Now, though each and every clinic has a different mission and a different vision, different values, they all relate back to serving an underserved population. And it's no surprise that this is the same population of folks that we see with the riskiest social determinants of health. Let's dive into a little bit of a history lesson here. Um, some of what are now federally qualified health centers were actually born out of activism and out of the social justice movement of the 1960s. Some FQHCs actually came into the world as neighborhood health centers. And this was part of Lyndon B. Johnson's War on Poverty. And in the 1970s, actually, in 1975, the federal government authorized a community health center program under Section 330 of the Public Health Service Act. Section 330 of the Public Health Service Act is a section of the federal statute that creates and authorizes the health center program. So this basically gives the Bureau of Primary Health Care the authority to make grant awards to eligible entities and outlines the requirements that health centers must meet in order to be eligible for these awards. So way back then, one of the driving ideas behind these programs was that the underserved patients would be treated in their community. Community clinics stand on the strong shoulders of the activists who have paved the way for this work. So really, if you think about it, treating patients who face barriers like economic inequality, like housing instability, and all these other social determinants of health has always been a part of our DNA. So now that folks are beginning to identify the social determinants of health, track them, and think about interventions, what are the commitments that clinic leaders have to make in order to actually move the needle on the social determinants of health? So the types of commitments leaders need to make can be summed up in something that I like to call the three I's. They should be committed to investigate, invest, and invent. Investigate the issue and ask those non-clinical questions to your patients. Really dig deep and see what's preventing your hypertensive patient from taking your medical advice of being more active and going on walks or going on a bike ride. 
Maybe it's because they don't live in a safe community and going out on walks is dangerous. Or what's preventing your patients who are struggling with obesity from eating healthy? Maybe it's because there are more fast food restaurants in their neighborhood that offer cheap food, um, you know, that's within their budget than grocery stores that offer fruits and vegetables that are probably going to be more expensive. There's no way of knowing unless you ask, unless you investigate. There also needs to be a commitment to invest, invest in the tools, invest in the technology, and most importantly, invest in the people who will help drive this initiative and really help move the needle. And lastly, if there's no known best practice, invent one and lead the way. Moving upstream into uncharted territory needs to be something that starts somewhere. And what better place to start than a health center that's rooted in its community? So it's exciting that clinics can take it upon themselves and move these measures. They can investigate, invest, and invent. Um, but additionally, they can look to outside resources because some of folks have already invented the interventions that need to take place. One of the ways that we can support health centers in addressing the social determinants is through technical assistance, training, and other supports. What are the identified technical assistance needs that we're looking at providing to our member clinics? This question really highlights something that CCALAC does an awesome job at. We are awesome at convening folks and knowledge sharing. Some of the technical assistance CCALAC is able to provide members includes the implementation of workflows and um, how to develop partnerships that are necessary to refer patients to these community-based organizations. Another bucket of support is around training, um, and this is training clinic workforce on social determinants of health and the best practices around the tools and the resources and the technology that currently exists. To give some background, um, CCALAC recently participated in NAC's learning collaborative related to risk stratifying patients using the PREPARE tool, which I had mentioned earlier. Um, we're also participating in a statewide learning collaborative supported by CPCA related to non-emergency medical transportation. So there's a lot of innovative work being done around SDOH. Uh, and CCALAC, again, decided to convene this health equity advisory group of both internal and external stakeholders to really help inform the development of these SDOH initiatives and support collaborative learning across the healthcare continuum so that, again, we don't reinvent the wheel or duplicate services, and instead we truly focus on collaborating throughout the healthcare continuum of LA. Well, this is really exciting, Serene. Thank you for introducing us to the Social Determinants of Health and the Swimming Upstream Report, and for also talking about the ways in which clinics are working within their communities to advance and address the social determinants. Um, we've learned a great deal, and there's a lot more left to learn. We know that 60% of clinics are screening, but 40% are not. And those folks require additional support to implement screening within their facilities. Similarly, the 60% that are screening need a help to optimize the ways in which they're addressing the social determinants of health. We're going to close out the podcast with our CCLAC Our Health LA call to action. Now that you've learned about the social determinants of health and how community clinics are leading the way in mitigating them, we're calling on you to do the following.
First, go to our website resource page and review the Swimming Upstream report. Second, subscribe to the CCALAC website to stay informed of upcoming roundtables, convenings, trainings, including the Health Equity Advisory Group mentioned today. And third, explore opportunities to investigate, invest, and invent upstream interventions. Again, this is a CCLAC podcast, which we developed to share and to spread innovative practices within community health. We hope you will join us for our next episode.